The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series authored by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, with Larry Dixon and Veronica Jagger. Read and produced by Veronica Jagger. Presenting Book Four, Worlds Divided. Sleeping with the Enemy. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Dennis Lee. Kanjar, bodyguard and sometime lover to Dominic Verdigree the Eighth, frowned with impatience at her. Well, call him what he was. Her meal ticket. She knew he didn't actually love her. He was constitutionally incapable of loving anyone but himself. On the other hand, she was no different, so they made a matching set. He certainly paid well, and she was, on occasion, fond of him. Not today, however. Her posture on the white leather chaise lounge in his office was deceptively relaxed. The room was recognizable as an office only because of the computers on the round, polished hardwood dais. It had a stunning view of the endless pool and the ocean beyond, and of his yacht, anchored in that ocean. He had his back to the view, and to her. I fail to see the point of this exercise, she said, masking her impatience with a cool professionalism. What do you need with Blacksnake? Verdigree was engaged in doing something he rarely, rarely did. He was visibly working. He sat in the middle of his suite of computers like some starship captain on his bridge, and scooted around from one to the other on a chair of his own design, fervishly buying, selling, manipulating. She reflected that he would be happier right now if he had forearms, like that echo op, Shakti. When had his shoulders acquired that stoop? And should she mention his hair was beginning to thin? He'd probably invent something to fix that better than Rogaine. It would make a lot of money. Well, for one thing, this will stop them sending assassins after me, he said absently. I thought you'd be pleased about that. It would mean a little less work for you. Kanjar crossed her long, elegant legs, sheathed in perfectly form-fitting white silk jersey slacks, and frowned, because he was much smarter than that remark, even when preoccupied with six computer consoles. Then those who wish you dead will simply hire someone else, she replied. So... And then it dawned on her, This has something to do with the diva, does it not? The... Seraphim? Verdigree flinched. Aha, she had struck a nerve. In the shock following the Seraphim's visit to him, he had blurted out to Kanjar everything the creature had told him. If he'd had an hour to get over that shock, he probably would have kept the secret as he had so many others. But he had not. She had stepped out of the shower to find him shivering uncontrollably on the bed. The seraphim had departed mere moments before. Some might have thought she was a hallucination. Not Kanjar. 
Kanjar knew this was a diva. Within moments of hearing Vertigree stammer out his story, she had been calculating how long and what it would take her to balance her karma. One of her bank accounts was utterly depleted now, and there were exactly 1,754 orphans across the world who had been taken from the most appalling conditions of child slavery, poverty, disease, or all three, and would be raised in good and loving families, given every opportunity to thrive. One for every life she personally had taken. And from now on, every time she killed, another child would be saved. Perfect karmic balance. Kanjar was not looking to improve her karma. She was actually quite satisfied with her life as it was, and would not in the least mind repeating it when something came along to end this one. But she had no wish to be reborn to the same circumstances as those orphans she was saving. She's not a diva. She's just a metahuman. A little sweat that had nothing to do with how hard he was working stood out on his brow. Aha, uh -huh, again. No matter what he said, he believed as well. He would try to convince himself otherwise, but deep inside, he believed. A metahuman who showed you the future... Kanjar probed a little deeper, cruelly. It was rare when she could get Verdigree to show anything but a flippant disregard for anything much outside himself and his comfort zone, an attitude that was at once curiously childlike and curiously chilling. She got a certain enjoyment out of this. A future in which you were a brain in a box, I think you said. That doesn't make her an angel. Matthew March saw pretty much the same future. It just didn't have me specifically in it. He operated two keyboards at once, one with each hand. Probably because he didn't know me. I ran an analysis on his work for Echo. All the indications are he couldn't see anything in the future that wasn't somehow connected with people he knew. And... Now you are buying Black Snake. Why? That bewildered her. What did he need with a small mercenary army? All right, one that did have a sizable number of metahumans, but still small. When he could, with the same effort, get the use of any one of a dozen national armies? If he tried hard enough, he could probably get the use of even the United States Army for an hour or two. I'm buying Black Snake so I can get Echo. Ha! He pushed away the keyboards, face radiating triumph. Gotcha, you bastards! You are mine now. Oh. This she understood. Echo, which had more or less cornered the market on metahumans, was the only organization that stood a chance of stopping the Tholians. Verdigree was going to make sure they did so, by somehow using Black Snake and taking it over, so that he could be absolutely certain that all of their focus was on finding the Thulians and destroying them. None of this business about negotiation, making peace, or keeping some for study. Verdigree had written some of the evil overlord lists, 
He thought they were hilarious. No, he would reduce the Thulians to ashes, and then shoot the ashes into the heart of the sun. How he would do this, she had no idea. It didn't matter. This was verdigree. He had made up his mind, and it would be done. But he was standing up and gesturing to her. Come on, we're going to go pay a visit to my new headquarters before they figure out who owns them now and make it harder on everyone for me to move in. She nodded and swung her long legs over the side of the white chaise lounge, reaching for her white silk jacket. This was more like it. Anything I should bring? He grinned, looking not unlike one of his pet sharks. Your skills, my pretty. I suspect that the previous commander is not going to retire quietly. She sighed as she followed him. Her bank account was going to suffer for this. Kanjar wiped her hands on the general's jacket with distaste. It's always a pleasure to watch a professional at work, Verdigree said. How do I look? Perfect, I suppose, Kanjar replied, eyeing the holographic disguise critically. So long as you don't move too much, you tend to blur a little when you do. She seized the general's collar and pulled the dead body out of the chair. Where do you want this? I kind of like the idea of forcing them to walk over him as they come in. Don't you? Verdigree said cheerfully. She sighed. Your sense of the dramatic is going to get you into trouble one day. Verdigree took his place in the chair at the head of the table while Kanjar dragged the body over to the door. Sitting down would disguise the difference in height later. Verdigree buzzed the receptionist. All right, Miss Francher, you can send the board members in now. It might have been the shortest meeting in Blacksnake history. Verdigree informed the members of the board of directors that Blacksnake was in new hands. He regretted the unfortunate demise of the general. He really should have been more careful about his health. My assistant did her best to save him, but the stroke killed him instantly. He then dissolved the board and sent them all the way with enormous bonus checks, which Kanjar handed to them on their way out, making sure that each of them looked directly into her cold, dark eyes as they took what was essentially blood money. They were in quite a hurry to leave. Anyone who might be tempted to divulge what had happened here would find his temptation murdered as abruptly as the general by the information on the mini-disc that was in each envelope with the check. Men did not rise in Blacksnake without leaving a lot of skeletons in closets, and those discs had enough information on them to rattle any number of bones, and the severance checks were outstandingly generous. When the door had closed again, and Kanjar locked it, Verdigree shut down the holographic generator. "'I have to work on that,' he said, hitting the side of his head with the heel of his hand. "'Running, it's like almost having a migraine. The kind with no pain, just all sorts of visual effects. 
You can come out now, Ranker. At the end of the long conference table, a short man with enormous forearms materialized into view. He sat sprawled on one of the ultra-plush conference chairs, sporting a tan duster and a look of disdain, and calmly set the remote to his chameleon suit down on the table. Verdigree beamed at him. The man glared back, then removed a fresh cigar from his pocket and lit up. He took a few deep drags, his eyes never leaving Verdigree. Rank, 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 those things will kill you, you know. Verdigree shook his head. It's Jack now, the man said. I haven't been ranker in a long while. They'll still kill you. Verd steepled his fingers and tried to look concerned. He didn't succeed. Kanjar sighed to herself. This was going to be tedious. Dominic was going to try and be charming. Jack was... going to do what Jack would do. Men. Jack continued to puff on his cigar and glare at Verdigree. So I think I've got it figured out, Jack said finally. Correct me if I'm wrong. Verdigree nodded, still beaming. Earlier today, you managed to buy up controlling shares of Black Snake through your many dummy corporations. Your one obstacle was the current head, General Landover, the most successful leader Black Snake has ever known, and most popular, giving his recent motions towards increased profit-sharing for all staff ranging from the field ops to the lowly secretarial pool. I'm sorry, Verdigree said. Was he a friend? He was an ass, Jack answered promptly. An ass with good luck, given that he found the crapper that the Kriegers generated and came out of the pit with his hands full of diamonds. But still, an ass. Jack stood up and strolled over to look down at Landover. He snorted and spit on the body. Nice work, Kanji. I consider her an artist, Verdigree replied happily. Kanjar said nothing. She didn't care for Jack. She didn't hate him. She just didn't care for him. He reminded her of the crude bullies that served the warlords back in her home province. Something she didn't much like to be reminded of. And so, Jack continued, pausing only to strike his heel across Landover's temple. You decide to expedite the transfer of power by coming here personally and removing the general from his seat. Pay off the current board to walk away, all the while wearing my face, which leads me to the conclusion that you have work for me. Work? Verdigree snorted, his tone indignant. A promotion, Jack. One must always look out for one's friends. Friends, are we? Jack said, seating himself next to Verdigree. He paused to consider that. Well, I suppose I've tried to have friends killed at one time or another. 
Verdigree coughed into his hand. Now, Jack, we should let bygones be bygones. It's a whole new world full of opportunity out there. You need me, now that the board thinks you're the coup master, and I need you. What could be a better basis for friendship? Kanjar did not roll her eyes. She had an excellent poker face. Most assassins did. Keep talking, Jack said. Be convincing. You get to collect El Generalissimo's salary, perks, and whatever you care to skim off the top. I'm serious, Jack. I did not buy Black Snake to make a profit. I bought it for two reasons. He held up one finger. I got tired of watching Kanjar kill the morons they sent after me. He held up the second finger. I want Echo. To get Echo, I need Black Snake. But I can't be the head of Black Snake or I'll never get Echo. Q.E.D. You become head of Black Snake. Uh-huh, Jack muttered. And why me? Well, you were the most trustworthy of the current roster that I could discern. Trustworthy in general? Or to you? In general, Verdigree admitted. My only trepidation in this whole affair is that you might still have some issues with... With the way you ended our last arrangement? Jack offered. Oh, really, Jack? If you can't overlook a small matter of betrayal in the face of glorious immortality... You tried to blow me up, Verd. Forty pounds of C4 isn't what I would call small. Well, it is when you consider that I overruled Kanjar and gave you a sporting chance. Kanjar noted the gleam in Verdigree's eyes. It was not entirely sane. Did it occur to you to ask me if I wanted in before adopting my identity and perforating the leader of a major coordinated force of mercenaries and metahumans? And what would be the fun in that? Verdigree grinned with aplomb. Besides, I have a line on an old prize that might interest you. And this time, Jack, I'm not above sharing it. So, are we BFFs now? That depends, Jack said as he reached down and extinguished his cigar on Landover's exposed teeth. On what? On what you can give that assures me I can trust you this time. Proximity, my dear Jack, proximity. You will have the prize before I do, and while you do not trust me, I trust you. You do have an impeccable reputation for delivery. Verdigree continued to grin. And meanwhile, look at the lifestyle you get to enjoy. I really don't care if you clean out every offshore account, as long as you can keep the company running long enough for me to get Echo. Jack nodded, bowing his head in thought. The real deal this time, 
he asked. Verdigree nodded. You do this right. We'll both live forever. And not continuing to age until we turn into wrinkled little raisins live forever either. Who's the mark? Verdigree smiled. It looked like a shark. I need you to get into Tesla's office. A very little package I want planted. Jack gave him a quizzical lift of his brow. Tesla guards the secret to immortality. Verdigree chuckled. Tell me, Jack, have you ever heard of Metis?